The Grow My Cleaning Company podcast helps owners of cleaning companies just like you to grow your company and yourself so you can make more money and finally get the time and money freedom that probably got you into this business. Discover how to automate and create systems that allow you to grow like crazy without losing control. If you dig the show and want to show some love, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It really helps. Enjoy the show. Question is lack of leads. He's like, I liked it once. I would like to do it again, please. Can you give us a half handful of examples of irresistible offers we might try for residential? How would you headline script? Okay. By the way, anytime someone asks me what's an irresistible offer, I'm like, to whom? What is their pain? Like if I've got, if I'm not sleeping at night, weight loss isn't going to be a big deal. But if I'm trying to lose weight, you know, how to sleep better at night is not going to be a big deal. So it really depends on who your client is and what they want. For other offers. So right now we're doing a $97 whole house clean. It's like four hours. So basically that's covering our costs, paying my people and just getting in the door um, to, to the quote and the other things that you've been coaching. But just could you throw out maybe a few other ideas that we might be able to try down the road as well, just to kind of entice? Honestly, it's, it's not that I'm trying to be cagey with you. It's I want you to try less things all the way down as opposed to trying 17 things for a second and then giving it up. That's the, and that's why we have Jared in his own room because I have so little data. I'm always going to go with the data. So if, if you give me two pieces of copy and I'm like, this one's better. And then, but you've ran them both and the data says this one, I'm, well, I'm wrong. Screw me. Like all I can do is make sure you don't do bad marketing. I'm like, there's, that's never gonna work. That's garbage. And even then I'm sometimes wrong, but Jared and I, the way we're so good at advertising, we test a crap ton of stuff. So, and the way we test it is by data, not by uh, half the time. What I think is going to be amazing does okay. And the stuff I'm like, we'll give it a flyer. No one's going to be able to crap about it. It goes nuts. So because I don't have any data, I don't want to just be like, here's a bunch of ideas to test, test one idea, and then we're going to use the data. So there's a lot like moving the peanut. You're like, I'm going to not like Jared can pull the curtain behind and go, here's what a click costs. Here's what a show to the, here's what a landing page thing costs. Here's how, because again, you're trying to change the offer. I don't know if the offer is a problem. I want to see what the offer was on the, the ad. I want to make sure that there's congruency between the ad and landing page because Jared's doing your stuff. I know that there is. And I need to see the numbers. The numbers might tell you your ad's not your problem. You don't have enough schedules, but you don't have enough openings on your calendar. Or it could be your targeting is incorrect. There's so many things that could be wrong. I don't want to give you three or four different hooks or ads to try, but that's not even the freaking problem. So be database, go with Jared and be like, what do you think I should text? And he's, he's as good at copywriting as I am. And he's got all the data. I don't have it. Yeah. So once you find a, a promotion that hits, I mean, is the lifetime on promotions tend to be pretty much endless? No, but it's it's you're putting too much emphasis on one one thing. It's not the promotion. It's because there's so many things. There's first of all the media. So Facebook. I'm assuming you're doing Facebook and Instagram. So that's one. Two is going to be. I mean, gosh, there's so many. Is there a video ad or is it a? Um, a text ad. If it is the text, there's the there's the image, which is going to have a lot to do with click through rate, and then there's the copy. And then when you get to the landing page, it's like, okay, is there too many things going on, or not enough things going on? Are they is there clear why they should book a call? Not clear why they should book a call. Where's the button? How's it laid out? Is there did you have just one call to action? Or is there multiple call to actions? Do they do click the button? Is it a pop up? Do they go to another place? Are you asking for name, email, phone number, address, or just name and phone number? There's so many different things to test. You're like, well, what about this one piece, which is the hook or the ad? And I'm like, I don't even know if that's the problem. So once you've got a working funnel that crushes, when it stops working, we don't just go right to the ad or the offer. The offer could be crushed. So the offer might have burnt out. It could just be the image. It could be the ad. It could be the landing page. It could be there's so many things that go wrong. So yes, you do want to try create new creative all the time. But until I've got a working funnel, I don't start 
fiddling with the creative because I don't know if the funnel ever worked. So once I have a working funnel that crushes and then it falls off and it did get burnt out, then I'm going to change the creative, which is the image and the copy. Does that make sense? And I don't even know if I'm going to change the offer so much, just the image and the copy. So the offer might stay the same. It's just how I present it. And the right answer is still going to be the test. Right. So how, so when you put something out, how long do you test before you tweak? Really good question. It's not how long, it's how much. So if you're spending a thousand bucks a day, like we are, it might only be 48 hours. If you're spending 10 bucks a day, it might be a month. Like you need data is what you're buying. Okay. So it depends on the data, the data that you get in. Okay. It's always data. So when you're like, how long should I test? I'm like, how long does it take to get enough data? See how I keep coming back to data. Right. So, okay. So it sounds like I wasn't asking the right question. Um, if, so if me, we have to go back and forth and you ask four questions to get to the right one, I'm happy. That, fine. That's what I'm here yeah, for. I know. That's what I want to extract from you. I know that it, it's a change of thinking about. And so I want to ask you this then, when it comes to, see, we just kind of made up an offer, right? I just I, I had no experience. So are there some principles that we should be thinking about or considering when we're, when we're going to come up with an offer? I just uh, try a bunch of sh- So that's why I started with what's your client? Because the reason we do so well at marketing, all I do is talk to you guys all day, every day. I know you're paying better than you guys do backwards, forwards, top to bottom, everything. So that's really the secret weapon. Like if you can be an expert in your client, you don't even have to be good at marketing. And if you're good at marketing, but you know your client, you suck at marketing. Like no good marketer is going to start doing any ads. A good marketer is going to do anything until he's allowed to talk to your customers. Like if, if you get anyone that wants to do any copywriting or anything for you, and he doesn't go, I need your top best customers. I need data. I need demographics. I need access. It's a wrong dude. So you're going to do the exact same thing a high dollar marketer would do is like, what is your pain? What's going on? And all of our offers are just rehashes of the crap that you guys tell me. Are you working too much? Do you feel like you, you're making someone else rich and not you? Do you um, wish you could work remotely? Do you want to work less than 10 hours? Do you want to improve your profit margins? Do you want to not deal with customers at a-holes? Do you want to have confidence that you know what you're doing as opposed to guessing? These are all crap that you guys have told me. So I'm not a great marketer, but I know exactly what your pain is. And I just, I just tried different hooks. And again, different things work at different things with different people. So the right answer is just to test a bunch of shit. But until you've got a funnel that works and you're testing one, because here's the thing, when you're split testing, you can't test three or four things at once because then if it works or doesn't work, you don't know why. So a true split test is everything in the funnel stays the same. We change one thing and then we get a result. And if that result's better, we go back to the, the test or the, the, the baseline. And if it's better, then we, that's our new baseline. But if you test two or three things, like I changed the ad and I changed the offer and I changed the calendaring way and I changed how I do the call and you get a different result. It's like, why? I don't know. Just like I was saying at the beginning, it's so much more valuable to get a client and know why than just to get a client. So we, we, I really want you to get a funnel that's working and then you can test one thing. And, that, and Jared will tell you if that one thing should be the offer of the hook. But to answer your question, which I don't want you to go test all these right now, it could be a free clean. It could be, um, and you could do it depending on time. Back to school cleaning special because that's where kids, that's where moms are right now. On Valentine's, it could be everyone new client gets, we'll take, you know, we'll take you and your husband out to dinner and you come back to a clean house. Um, for spring, it could be spring cleaning. For October, it could be, here's a scary deal. For Christmas, it's like, here's our gift to you. For Thanksgiving, it's we're so appreciative of you. So you see what I'm saying? Like you could try a bunch of shit. There's, none of those are magic. It's it's how they fit within a, a funnel is the key. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's that's great. And so um, wondering about how big we can make offers. Like, again, going back to my question about from a business mindset, like, is there a certain amount um like up to the value of a clean or does that make sense what I'm trying yeah. to? So all you want to do is 
here's a perfect example. Um, we all have cell phones, right? Um, I think, I forget when I read, it's like 1700 bucks or something a cell phone company would spend to get a client. You know, my bill is only 150 bucks a month or whatever it is. Like, yeah, but I don't know about you guys. I've been with Verizon for 10 years, probably maybe 15. I don't know. Call it 200 bucks a month, $2,400 a year, $24,000. So for Verizon, because they have, they know their numbers, which you have to do. And because they've got, um, you know, kind of Wall Street back, you know, they're a publicly traded company. They have access to capital that we don't. So they can go, damn right, I'll pay $1,700 to acquire $150 a month account because I know that like the LTV lifetime value might be 50 grand. So it makes sense. We do not have access to that kind of capital typically. So for me, my comfort level, if I had a company, is I need my LTV to be equal to the first month revenue conservatively. And if I really crush it, half. So say my average client values, LTV lifetime, lifetime value. So if I um, want to really get nerd marketing, marketing terms, we're talking about ROAS, return on ad spend. So for residential and commercial cleaners, I want ideally to be able to get a client for, so what I'll go to with without even blinking is hundred percent of the first month. So if it's 300 bucks a month is my average client, I'll spend 300 bucks to get a client right now. So if that's $50 on ads and hundred dollars on cleaner payroll, that's 150 bucks done. If I do a different ad that costs me hundred dollars in ads, but only $50 in cleaning, you know, cause if you do a free clean, obviously you'll get more opt-ins, maybe less quality than you will for a $97 clean. But if the $97 clean costs $150 in traffic and a free clean only costs $25 and you see what I'm saying? You, you got to put, everything's got to fit within a funnel. So for me, anytime I can get a new client for the value of that client, I'm done. Like, so I'm not Verizon where I can be like, I'll spend $1,700 for a $150 client, but I'll damn well spend $300 for a $300 client. Keep in mind, our cost of goods sold is about half. So keep that 300 bucks, I don't get to keep. I got to spend 150 bucks to keep it. So I'm not really profitable till month two, but I'm still okay with that. And if I can get one for half, so if I can get a $300 client for 150, I will quote 5X as much money as I can throw at that thing because that means I'm cash positive day one. Right. That's great. That that was what I was looking for. Thanks, man. Okay. I figured if we, you're like, if I ask enough questions, this idiot will finally tell me what I need. <laughs> no, it's, it's, I know it's, it's, it's thinking through things differently. You're so right, Brandon. How... I'd much rather teach you how to think than just answer this question or that question. So I'm, I'm seeing you get it. And it's really encouraging, brother. Proud of you. Thanks, man. Hey, amazing people. You may have noticed we don't sell a dadgum thing on this podcast. We don't allow ads. The only ask that can ever have of you guys is if you dig the show for you to spread the word and share so we can change as many lives as possible. Literally, it'll take you five seconds to give us a great review. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate you as a listener and value the gift of your kind words. Now back to the show. Um, real question, finding a niche. All right, here's where we've been going back and forth. Uh, I know you said just pick one, it doesn't matter, but I'm having a hard time with this. And just to be clear, when I say just pick one, it doesn't matter, go down, down that road 80, 90% of the time, it's going to be great. Probably less than I shouldn't have said 80. 80, 95 to 90% of the time, it's going to be great. 5% of the time, you're going to pull what I think Isabel pulled, which is I went to a niche and I said, What's your pain? And I did it consistently. That's why I said exactly how many did you talk to, Isabel? She's like 19, which is the right answer. When people go, I don't know, three, four, I don't know, I didn't count. Isabel's like, I talked to 19 people. That just like I was talking with Brandon, how much money should I spend? How much data do you have? 19 human beings in your perfect prospect, Isabel, that's, that is enough. That is, you know, if you talk to three, I'm like, or one, that means nothing. 19, that is actual data. If you talk to 19 people and at least 13, 14, 15 of them were decision makers or would be the person that had pain and not one of them gave a shit, 
you just save yourself so much time switching niches. You're in the 5% of pick a niche, it'll be fine. When I say it'll be fine, I mean, it'll be fine. Just do the process that I tell you. And you're risking a week or two of finding out if they have pain or not. 92% do, the 8% that don't, you just freaking change. But I'm, I have the last thing I want for you or anybody else is to be trying to talk people that have no pain into buying crap. It's the worst. Like you mentioned the car dealership. I'm not saying your niche should be car dealerships. I'm just saying it was so easy. Yeah, they had pain. Whoever they had was miserable. There's people in the showroom. There's millions of dollars happen or don't happen based on the, the condition of the showroom. And someone's doing a bad job. They had massive pain, easiest sale in the world. You're talking to these medical people like, huh, what? I don't know. Susie cleaned it, I think. I don't know. She's been doing it for 10 years. The opposite of one, no pain, right? If I called you for, or I don't call you, you called me to help coaching. And I'm like, how's your business? Great. I freaking love it. Making all the money I want. Life's free. I'm like, what am I going to try and sell you something? Great. Okay. Call me when something goes wrong. What do you want from me? Like, I'm not going to sell you something. If I did to what? Like you're already happy. So pain is huge. And if you talk to 19 people and most of them are decision makers and no one had pain, I'm switching niches like that. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Okay. Now, if you talk to two people, that doesn't count. <laughs> she has statistically relevant data. 19 is a real number of human beings. Two or three is not a real number. Right. And they all gave that response that you said, like, I don't know. I mean, they exactly just what you don't want. And it's very rare. I'll be honest with you. Pe people are so bad at cleaning. It's such an important thing. You almost never find someone that doesn't have pain, but not never, almost never. <laughs> so if they have okay. no pain, whatever time that you've invested, well worth it to go, oh my God, I just saved myself years of trying to fight that, that you would have been miserable forever trying to, you'd be like, why is everyone else's marketing working? Why does it seem so easy for everyone? It's hard for me because you're trying to sell ice to an Eskimo. <laughs> why not just sell fire to an Eskimo? Like get something they want. Okay. Cool. So then the other thing I get worried about in going to a new niche is like, okay, well, well, yeah, I'm kind of worried that that's going to happen again. So then I'm going to spend all this time trying to find- I would be shocked if it did. And I'll give you some- very likely niches that have pain. Um, I'm not recommending them. I'm just telling you who has pain. Right. So restaurants and gyms can be the worst clients because they're seven days a week, they're funky hours, and they're filthy. All three of those things, pain, pain, and pain. No one wants to come in at two in the morning. Our place is freaking filthy. It's seven days a week. You try and want to get someone at two in the morning, try getting them two in the morning on a Saturday night or Sunday night. Son of a gun. So, and they're filthy. Restaurants are disgusting, right? It's nothing but grease and whatever, whatever. But by golly, they have pain. There's So I'm not saying you should do those. They can be tough, but you can make money because they have pain. Um, car dealerships typically have pain. Um, property managers long-term, and I know you're trying to get something quicker, but gyms, gyms, if you just want pain and quick and you're like, I'll take it, I'll be that chick. I'll do a little extra work. I ain't scared. Freaking gyms and, and uh, uh, restaurants, they will have pain. I can assure you. Okay. And there's lots of other things. You don't have to go there. But if you're like, don't let me get hurt again. Let me go somewhere where there's pain. I'm like, here you go. <laughs> Good to know. Cool. You get what you need yourself some questions. Um, I think that yeah, pretty much answers it. Just go for a new niche, I guess. Yeah. And 19 is, I can say with extreme confidence, you're good. You probably didn't even need that many. Um, had you come to me at 10 especially if you're over 10 and you really got to talk to the majority, I would have been like, you can keep going if you really, really, really want to be sure, but this is not looking good. And at 17, I'm like, I don't, I need no further information. I would be so done with that niche. Yeah. Cause I kept going to, I, I explored different ones as well. I was like, okay, well let's try dental. Let's try, you know, surgical. Let's try um, just doctor's office. So that's now, now we're putting a little bit of a kink in our little theory here. Um, Surgery center. So guys, gals, don't be, that's like saying, I checked with women and they don't like this thing. 
women would be like, what are you talking about? There's, you know, 4 billion of us. Some of us like that thing. Some of us don't. That's an insane, you know, oh, I know women. They're all irrational. It's like, what are you talking about? Like some are, some aren't. That's a, that's a ridiculous thought. Medicals. Oh, medical doesn't have pain. I'm like, well, hold on about that. So if you talk to a chiropractor, he or she may or may not have had pain, but his pain or lack thereof has nothing to do with the surgery center. It's a completely different business. It's a completely different pain or lack thereof. So if you did talk to six different niches and two or three each, now we don't have any statistical data on any of them. So for everybody, just for everybody, medical is not a niche. Chiropractors are a niche. Urgent cares are a niche. Surgery centers are a niche. Medical is like saying, my niche is companies. I do business coaching. No, owners of cleaning companies are in or service companies. That's not a niche. I mean, it's better than companies, but that's still half of the company. So it's not a niche. Cleaning company owners, that's a freaking niche. So you, and again, if you're like just done with it, you want to switch, you know, you're like, I'm sick of it. It was fine. I'm not saying you should, you have to go medical, but I want to be fair. It'd be nice if you could give me data like, and by the way, anytime you guys are doing this, feel free to keep a spreadsheet. I reached out to this many people. I got this many conversations. And then you could even go like cold, hot, lukewarm, like cold is they have no pain. Lukewarm is like, "Eh," and hot is like, I'm so freaking miserable with these people. Um, So I'd like to get the data. I don't know how many different niches you talk to, but 19 of a niche is definitive data. Two or three of six niches is no data. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then another question I do have is when, and I don't know if certain niches have this more than others, but corporate, the whole thing of corporate. So like, oh, I don't know. Corporate handles it. Do you investigate further into that of like, okay, let's, or do you just drop it? So guys, gals, that's why niches are so important, right? If it's not my niche going, wasting all that time is too much. I'm not interested. But if I'm only going to do that niche, it's like, damn right. I'm going to figure out how this corporate structure, you see what I'm saying? That's why we pick a niche. So yes, I'm going to get to corporate, but generally corporate if the, if the boots on the ground don't have any pain, corporate has no pain. So corporate is generally, I just want whatever the cheapest thing is, it'll keep everyone on site shut up. So if the person on site has no pain and if they had pain, they would tell you, yes, call corporate. This freaking sucks. These guys suck and they don't whatever. Corporate handles that we're dying. That's pain. So I understand that person is not the decision maker, but she's their influencers, right? And corporate just wants them to shut up and leave them alone for the least amount of money. But if they're leaving them alone and corporate's happy with their price, what are we even talking to? So if it's going to be my niche, I absolutely have to understand who the decision makers are, probably CFO of some sort, who the influencers are, probably the manager of whatever the facility is that is actually being cleaned, and who the gatekeepers are, probably the lady that you were talking to or guy. So, and I know that seems a lot. Again, if you were just taking anyone and everyone, it'd be overwhelming. But if you're like, I only do car dealers and I'm going to know those three key influencers, decision makers, and gatekeepers within the car dealership world, yeah, you need to know all of that. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then this might also be a stupid question, but might as well ask. None of these are stupid. These are great. So I know the three things you said, they need pain. They need whatever the other one was. And then you need to have a large amount of them. You need to have enough Enough of them. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and the second one's money. You're not worried about money in corporate. That's really for residential. Okay. So then when you do move on to car dealerships, because I really enjoyed that niche, I didn't find a lot of struggles with it. Um, I feel like I've kind of touched because I've drawn up with car dealerships too. And I feel like I've almost hit like all of them in my, in my city, but that might be an exaggeration. So those again, go through corporate or Sonic automotive or bigger, you know? Um, so do I kind of draw the line there and be like, okay, maybe there's not enough. Let's look at a different niche. So for me, and I got this from Dan Kennedy, he said, and I, I found this to be generally true, but I don't have a massive amount of data. Up to 10%. Because the only reason you would switch niches or need a bigger niche 
is when your cost to acquire customer goes up. So say there's 10 people in a niche or a thousand people in a niche, and I have six of them. The cost to get the seventh is almost nothing. If I've got 500, all the other 500 already know who I am and they haven't bought for a reason. So to get the cost to get the 501st is going to be a lot higher than it was to get the ninth or the 20th. You see what I'm saying? So under 10%, you don't even talk about it. So there's a thousand people and I've got like this, I do this with commercial all the, or residential all the time who are like, I want to open up another area, which is fine, but it's a it's an ego thing, not a business thing. And I'm like, great. How many people in your area? It's 100,000 people. Great. How many households? 50,000. Great. Of those 50,000, say just the top 10% are the ones that you want. The richest, the best, or whatever. That's 5,000. How many, how many clients do you have now? 61. <laughs> really? You think the next thing we need is that you, more clients? Is the, it's the wrong freaking same thing I was yelling about. Brandon, we try and solve the wrong problem. My funnel's not working. I'll do this thing. It's like, that could be the problem, but until we do the math, we don't know. So they'll try and solve the wrong problem of, oh, I'll go to another niche because I've got 61 of 5,000. <laughs> so I'll start somewhere. That's insane. So with car dealerships, if there's like 31 and you've got five of them, we can at least look at it. But until you hit 10% of, of the niche, I'm not even going to worry about it, right? If, if there's you know 31 dealerships, you've got one. I'm like, you could get 20 or 30, no problem. Well, sorry, if there's 31, you could get five or six or seven, no problem. And if five or six or seven at five grand a piece, make your goal, then it's big enough. If you're like, I need... Yeah, you just have to do the math. But until I get at least 10%, probably closer to 20, I'm not worried about being too big of a fish in that niche. Okay. Because there's also some other things. Like up until you get saturation, it goes the other way. You want to be where industry events are like, oh, just call Isabel. She does all the car dealerships. Like there's some benefit to being the big fish in there too. Because like, oh, she just does all that. Yeah. And then you can even, as opposed to Isabel's cleaning, I know that's not your name. Um, you could be, you know, car dealer facilities management. And now yeah. if I walk in with Mike's cleaning, real hard to compete, right? Like grow my cleaning company, real hard to be Steve's coaching for a cleaning company. It's like, well, that guy knows everything. Well, here we are at the end of the podcast and you made it. Great job. Uh, I've got a little bonus for you before for sticking through with me. But like I mentioned before, if you got value out of this podcast and you want to show a little love, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever the heck you're listening to this thing, share with a friend, share the love. And as a special thank you for those of you that stuck with me to the end, how about I give you my personal phone number so we can text? It's a great way for me to get to know you, your business, your goals personally. So shoot me a text now, 602-932-6431, 602-932-6431. I am the only one who responds to these texts and I will personally respond to everyone I possibly can as long as uh, this number is manned. Uh, don't know how long we're going to keep this at the end of the podcast, so grab it now, 602-932-6431. Give me a text, say hey, can't wait to meet you.